Bottom of the Smash Mountain, Season 2, Episode 19, Mass Madness! Welcome to the podcast. I'm Cypher and or Jesse. Thank you so much for joining me for yet another episode of Bottom of the Smash Mountain. Today, we have G-Town, a.k.a. Tom. Just go by Tom. I made it sound like in the intro that he's not going to be G-Town anymore. I don't know about that, but we were just going with Tom and Jesse. Just two individuals chilling, hanging, talking about Melee stuff, talking about mass melee melee mass met i can't i can't keep it straight anymore it's the end of a very long work week for me i worked extra so hooray for a bigger paycheck but also a lot of work so let me do this right before we get to this awesome interview with g-town it's mass madness okay let's get to the interview why is it so quiet oh right transition here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain, and today I'm very happy to be joined by G-Town Tom, who will be going by Tom for moving forward. It's so nice to have you on. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, yeah, uh, glad to be on here. Uh, always happy and eager to answer any questions that people may have. Yes, so you come highly recommended by none other than Shoopies or Shuppies. I've heard it gone both ways but sean you know sean and when he came on was was saying to me there's there's a few people that you should ask to come on so that's why i reached out and very nice of you to come on so the one or the first question i should say is how did melee become a thing in your life uh well so back in like 2011 12 something like that uh back then what was going on with me was that, you know, I was in college, you know, I watched like, I would watch like combo videos for Melee and Brawl, and I'd be like, oh man, that, that stuff's pretty nice. Of course, you find the Melee ones are a lot harder for the average person to do. Um, so like, at so like, I had a vague idea of like, what, you know, the community was. Like, I was binge watching you know, Apex 2012 and 2013 videos for both of those games. But I didn't make the leap to get into, like, the actual community at my college until until the documentary came out, 2013. That is how I got to where I am now. So does the, is there a particular combo video or anything that stands out to you even now, or is it all pretty much just, like, <laughs> ancient history for you? <laughs> well, I mean, there were there were a couple. I mean, I killed Mufasa back then. That that shit, I saw that. And I was like, oh man, that 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 looks pretty cool. A couple brawl ones too, but uh, I doubt that we need to really get into those. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I know I noticed that, and we can we can talk about the differences between the games a little bit. I, I noticed that aside from toing melee events, you also have hosted p plus events and a lot of people also just call it pm as well so yeah yeah when when you were starting to get involved in things in terms of entering into events or starting to run events in the earlier side of when you were in in getting into the community that's Uh when pm was also starting to blow up so what do you remember when you first heard about it like what you thought of it you're talking about pm specifically yes so i think I think, like, PM and, you know, I guess people is now, like, I wasn't really big into, like, competing in it, like, way, way back. Like, I was a I was a Melee guy at the start. I was a Melee guy at the start, for sure, for, uh, like, 2014, 15. You know, my first, like, my first couple, you know, full years in the scene and all that. And, you know, PM, I look at it and, you know, it's got some similarities it's pretty cool. I think I think that like I think for a lot of people who enjoy that game, they they see that game and they they see like the big roster, like the characters in it and they're like, "Oh, my character's actually here and that is actually viable. Like that's really cool." You know, whereas other people might look at it and just say, "Man, there's too much weird shit in that game, you know, that I, like 
there's too many matchups to learn and all that. You know, I'd rather just stick with, you know, Melee, which, you know, only has, like, eight viable characters and, like, it's like six others that are kind of viable. So, you know, it isn't to say necessarily that either one of those things is better, but because there aren't as many matchups in Melee, like, the terms of engagement are a lot more clear to both players for the most part, right? And if people are playing characters that aren't really seen as much, then, you know, oftentimes they aren't going to be as good or as viable. So it's just kind of uh, kind of how that works. I don't... Uh, like, I was never big into competing in P+, but, you know, I got into... Uh, I kind of met the community at Smashing Grounds, which was the Thursday weekly. It's been going on in Massachusetts since 2014. Uh, it's... And we've had, and at that tournament, you have Melee and uh, PM to, or P Plus now together. So I was just like, you know what? I might as well run uh, run tournaments for both games to see see where it goes. And eventually, eventually, I ended up becoming one of the head admins for uh, for Blacklisted, which is like the big, the big like P PM P Plus national on the East Coast now. So. It's been quite the ride to get there, that's for sure. Yeah, when did you get your esports certification in this process? <laughs> uh, there wasn't really like, there wasn't really a certification or anything like that. It was more just like, I don't know what ended up happening over the course of you know 2016, 2017, 2018 was that a lot of the people who were running tournaments around that time gradually started fading out of doing that. So more or less what happened was that I was the guy that was left to kind of pick up the pieces, you know, as, you know, things went on. Like it, like New England Melee between like, I want to say like between like 2016 to 2018, the vast majority of our other organizers uh, they all either stopped running tournaments or they just left left the region altogether. So I was just like, you know what? I'll you know this is something that I want to do. This is something that I'm passionate about. So I'm going to be the guy to pick up the slack here. And that pretty much left New England Melee where it is now, where like Massachusetts and New Hampshire. You know, I I run the biggest tournaments for those states. Um, Connecticut, like Hall of Gaming, like they have their own operation and all that, but but at least from for those two states specifically, I kind of, for better or worse, ended up in the position that I'm in. And, and people tell me that you know I'm doing a good job and all this other stuff, so I don't see much of a reason to stop in the immediate future. And. I'm curious about the mindset that you had at the start of the pandemic when it goes from in-person events, hardly anything for online because it's delay-based netcode at the time. What was that experience for you? Like, what was that like for you is what I'm saying? Well, I haven't run any online tournaments, so I'm pretty much just here to provide people with in-person events. That's my whole thing. That's my whole thing. And like, I look forward to doing that in, you know, a couple months or whatever. That's currently, that's currently like the prospective schedule that we have for when those things are going to be coming back. But the, but the good news, at least for the region was that, you know, we have, the East Coast has like a lot of online tournaments that people can, can just access. So I was just like, well, I, my services aren't exactly super needed right now, but when the time comes and these, you know, in-person tournaments have to happen again, I'm going to be ready to bring them back, you know? And so you mentioned that you went to, like, college and all that stuff. After you get out of college and you're doing, like, the, the adulting life and, and working for yourself and, and living on your own, I'm assuming, why, why still... TO events like where does the passion come from for you I guess is one way well, to put it well I'll put it this way so you know I do like uh, accounting for my parents company and you know all this stuff so like uh, so like I just have like 
I just have good circumstances to handle all of the all of the stuff that I need to handle when it comes to TOing. So if it's if it's something that I can still reasonably do, and if it's still something that obviously there's demand for, and that I want to do, I can't see why I would stop doing it at least for right now. How much involvement have you had in the formation and running of the Shine Tournament series? Uh, barely any. Barely any. I mean, it, my thing is more like uh, I'm more the guy that makes sure that things are going all right at the local level. That's been uh, that's been why I've been dealing with for you know the last while or so. I mean, if you want to talk about Shine or whatever, uh definitely want to talk to like stock and the rest of the people that are actually you know on the team behind it for sure you know i de i've definitely helped them and all that stuff but i'm not like i'm not like a head admin of that thing or anything like that super majors are uh they're they're definitely a different step up you know from your average like 20 person local <laughs> But since you seem to prefer the 20-person local, you don't have to sell it to me. I, I think there's a great things to appreciate about just a, a smaller group of people. You know everyone's name. They all know your name. And then there's a super major where there's just a buzz and an excitement. I, that's yes. what I understand anyway. I actually haven't been to any in-person tournaments as of now. It's a regret of mine. But the point is, how would you describe to someone like me, I guess, like what the magic of that of that smaller local weekly or, or bi-weekly monthly is. Yeah. Well, I, I will say that monthlies are like the thing that I've become more focused on over the course of the last, I don't know, a couple years, probably since like late 2019, early 2020. Well, or even before that, pretty much what happened was, is that, weeklies essentially what's happened is that uh, the uh thing is is that when it comes to weeklies it's hard to get like it's hard to get a lot of people together for those because they happen every week you know and the frequency is something where people are just like well i can just skip it this week and just go next week or whatever but when it comes to a monthly the, which is the thing that i really want to sell people on those things those things are great events. Like Mass Madness is like the the, the big tournament series in Massachusetts uh, right now. Uh, the last two we got, the last two Mass Madnesses we had before COVID got like ninety people a piece or something like that. It's pretty crazy, and you know I can tell you on on that, which is that whole thing, which is that yes, there's a lot of people. A lot of the best players from all around the region. Um, and, you know, I have 32 setups because I'm at Game Underground. So plenty of setups. They all have Slippy on them. So everything's being recorded and you can go and fetch player if you want to. Um, and, you know, you just get to hang out with a bunch of people. Oh, and on the... Uh, it Now, this depends on the location, obviously, that you're going to. But, you know, getting able, being able to, like, hang out with people and you know go to like a some kind of restaurant after or what have you get food with them it it's a it's a nice feeling i like it makes it all worthwhile to me would you have seen yourself okay well that's probably not the best way to frame it but you going you're going to smashing grounds at first like early on and you're yes. saying to yourself i want to start doing this at some point and were you saying to yourself, I already feel like I have better ways that I feel this could go or improve? Or is it just simply that instead of the player angle or the content creator angle, the streamer angle, I want to go for helping to like to help TO, helping with seating, helping with logistics, all that kind of stuff? Well, he, my thing is my thing is that like. All right. So for Smat, you have to understand the situation that SG was in and late 2015, you know, early 2016, was that Melee did not have its own, like, decade or organizer. Like, it, like P Plus was, like, the thing there for a while. Or PM was the big thing there for a while. Uh, so, uh, so I looked at it, and I'm just like, you know what? 
You know, Melee's getting somewhere between like 20 and like 60 people a week, uh, depending on the week. So, you know, it looks like they need a bit of help, and I think I can offer that help. You know, there was one week where it was like close to... So, here's how it actually started. Uh, it was like close to 9 p.m. on one of these weeks. I had entered the bracket, but then I was just like, you know, I'm just going to drop out, ask them for a challenge, and just get this shit done myself. And there was like 55 people at bracket or something like that. And even though there were people cross-registered between two games, we were able to get that shit done like close-ish to like midnight, 1230, I think, if I remember right. And I was just like, all right, that definitely went better than, definitely went better than I could have. So, one thing led to another, and here I am. <laughs> um, you you since you have to sort of like continue to carry on the torch into the new age of a post-pandemic world, and one that still is yeah. going to be affected by COVID. One of the more recent tweets that you made sort of on the topical line of things is, is just talking about, hey, if you want to enter in a tournament that I'm involved with running, still going to expect you to try to follow uh, as many safety guidelines as possible, like, you know, wearing masks, that sort of thing. Are you are you yes. already, like, in the works with different places that you've hosted at before for different venues and trying to make those sort of preparations now? Or are you still waiting for more vaccinations, more things to kind of get back to well, not normal, but you get it. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing is that like, I see certain places, certain places are starting up, you know, mid early next month, which I mean, I'll, I would not go ahead with that. But my thing is that my thing is that I've checked like, I've checked what I'm allowed to do, why I'm allowed to do, why I'm allowed to ask of people, why I'm allowed to require, you know, all this stuff. And the big thing that people want is they want these tournaments back, but they want them back in a way that's like reasonably safe. Right. So you have, so you have to be able to like, you have to be able to balance those things. And obviously, obviously, you know, trying to, <laughs> trying to get things set up for people trying to get things set up for people in a way that you know doesn't put anyone at risk or puts people at minimal risk is you know kind of what we're after here and if you're going to be doing that that means that you need to have rules you need to have very strict rules and if people break those rules you need to be willing to ban them and I do not expect that I will have much tolerance for any of that stuff. And it, I'm sure that is one of the many reasons. There's a lot of reasons why being a TO can be difficult. It seems to be, based on my conversations with uh, different TOs on different levels, you could say that it's the, the people who say thank you, that's very meaningful. Uh, the people who never say thank you always talk crap all that kind of stuff like eh, okay that just doesn't i was under seated grr. Yeah. yeah oh that yes the seating thing yes and <laughs> I'm, you sh you probably only have had to deal with hearing about stories about people saying ugh running online brackets where there's like lag tests and stuff that has to be i'm not yeah i wasn't going to be doing any of that because we already had people on the east coast that had that hand Right, and you didn't feel the need to sort of step in, if you would, will, and be like, "Hey, I want to help out." You were just, you know, like, "I, I can take a step back and and wait for things to get back to in person at some point." Yeah, I mean, I have had, I've had requests to like help handle, you know, pretty large brackets, uh, for other regions, <laughs> uh, but I, but I had to. Well, the first thing I told them was, all right, you know, I'm thank like I'm flattered that you've given me this opportunity, but, you know, I do not run online tournaments. That's just how it goes. Pretty much I'm just here to, I'm here to give New England Melee what it needs when the time comes. So, and yeah. Yeah, sorry to cut you off. Go on. No, Go I was on. just wondering... Like, what does it look like, logistically speaking, for you when you're when you're saying to yourself, "Okay, I'm getting ready for a mass madness, and 
I need to seed, I need to secure the venue, need to get the right setups. It seemed like you had a lot of that already set and ready to go. Did you have a quote unquote team around you? If that makes sense, no. people volunteer, no, 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 anything no. like that? No, uh, the big thing is that I just understood that I had to show up early enough. I have to show up early enough to, um, to make sure that everything's set up so that when people get here, you know, I don't have to worry about that shit anymore and I can just take signups. Um, the, because the thing is, is that when you're running a mass mad, this shit gets, or stuff gets chaotic, like, around the time that singles snaps close. Between the time that single snaps close and when the term actually starts is when, like, st stuff starts getting really crazy. That's the hardest part to get. I have had help uh, at these events, you know, people volunteering to, you know, run pools and stuff, and, you know, I'm deeply grateful for them for sure but in terms of like getting the setups in place getting the setups in place and all that stuff um you know that like game underground which is the venue that i work with like you know obviously they have people some they have some people who are there wanting to help me get, get the tvs up because obviously that's a lot of televisions oh <laughs> kinda, yeah kind of goes without saying it's tvs of varying sizes but, you know, but when you see, like, when you see it all come together, right, when you see all, when you see all the people coming together for, like, the biggest tournament that you could reasonably do once a month, you know, it makes it all worth it. Yeah, what Definitely, is... Definitely, it... Go on. What is your favorite part of, of that, of that evening? Because it, it's one day, right? So what, what's your favorite part once everything, is it once everything's done and your role starting to roll into top eight like when can you even relax as well uh when you get to the final bracket really that's when you can relax because it, because there isn't as much managing to do and things just kind of slow slowly go down go down from there and then eventually you eventually you get to the point where the tournament's completed you know you're cleaning up and all that my friends that you know they often they often leave for you know, the, the restaurant diner or whatever, a little bit ahead of me because I, I have to obviously get all of the get all of the stuff taken care of and squared away. But, you know, being there, being there after a long day, it's just like you know, we we did some good stuff today. We did some good stuff today. Happy about that. You know, weeklies obviously are a little different um, with there being like maybe between between like p plus and melee maybe like 30 players and people airing both games like that one that's a little different but when you have like 90 people 90 people you know in there on a saturday and you know and they're coming from like six different states that's when that's when the pressure's on man that's when the pressure's on and it's nice to it, it it's nice when uh when you actually get done and delivered to them there's a there's a sense of pride that you have in the accomplishment of cleaning up and going, yep, good tournament, good bracket, we, good times. We did it. We did it. And, you know, that's that's the way the way I see it. I mean, some, somebody's got to make sure that all the all the stuff gets done in a timely and reasonable manner. You know, it, it, it sure as shit doesn't get done by itself. <laughs> <laughs> like some people seem to think they they look up and go hey uh, have you thought about this and you're like only every day what is wrong with you <laughs> oh yeah i mean before the like the date the night before one of those one of those events is always and, and like the morning of you know you've just got this like anticipation that like all right you know this is when you know, this is when, like, shit starts to get real, you know. I've got people coming here from Maine, Connecticut, you know, even New York in some cases. Like, man, you know. Like, they've come, they've come like, multiple hours to be here. Like, I've even had people come from Vermont to be, be at that. And, you know, Burlington is crazy far away. It's like three and a half hours or some, something like that. Three and a half, four. Yeah, it's something like that. And, you know, for those people that are, especially for those people that are coming all this way, you want you want to deliver for them something that is worth coming back for. 
you don't want to you don't want to disappoint them. But also, it feels like since you look at a super major and you go, eh, pass. Did you ever feel like there was any specific mass madness where you were like, okay, this is getting a little tight. Like, there's a little too few, too many people here. Well, or did you never have that thought? No, 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 no. I mean, here's the thing: is that the mass madness, like overall, like to record for like a standard monthly was, I think it was like 165 players. <laughs> but the thing is, is that that was like February 2016. Yeah, that was February 2016 or so. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was February 2016, and I only really took the reins. I only really took the reins in, uh, in Massachusetts in, like, I want to say, like, late 17, early mid-18. Something like that. So, it's been a few years since this, uh, since I took, took that up. But, you know, do I help out at majors? You know, am I willing to do do things to help to help the organizers absolutely and i've done that many a time you know at shine and i'm officially staff at big house so i do i do do stuff there because you know the because jungle guy i don't know if you're no i'm yes uh, yeah mm -hmm. are, for, for, are familiar with with him but you know he told me you know he pretty much has has uh by making me staff pretty much implicitly stated that he wants me to be there helping him run his tournament. So, I mean, when I, you know, get that invitation, I'm not going to, like, turn that down or whatever. You know, Sean has its own staff or whatever, what have you. And I've never, like, formally... I've never, like, formally been brought on. But the other thing, too, is that, like, Big, Big House is just, like, a larger-scale thing, right? Uh, and because it's a larger scale thing, they need more people to, you know, deal with random problems that happen. And there's lots of random problems that happen all the time, no matter how well you plan it. What's a pet peeve of yours for a mass madness? Maybe not necessarily helping out with Big House just because there's there's less in, in control just because of it's a bigger well, staff. It's a bigger event. Yeah, I ha I've had instances where, I mean... I'll get. I'll tell you one story. Is I had a, I had a mass madness where like the seating, like this, like I made a last minute change to the seating and all that. Um, but because, but for some reason, but for some reason, um, what should I call? For some reason, it got reset after we started calling bracket. <laughs> um, and one of our attendees was not particularly happy about what ended up happening. Because I think what ended up happening was was that someone else was it someone else on one of the computers hit save for another change that they made, so their version of it and my version of it weren't the same. So I guess so. I guess that's a that's a, a pet peeve, peeve of mine, and also too just like and also too just like seeding like ninety something players. And, you know, resolving conflicts and all that stuff. Like, I think that's probably the most stressful part of it, at least to me. Because, you know, like I said, if you have people coming all this way for it, going out of their way, you know, at, you know, asking for a day off from, you know, their work or whatever, you know, you, you really don't want to, you really don't want to make it so that they're playing the same people that, they usually do but then like said but then like because it's like 90 something players it like eventually like one or two of those may slip through the cracks you know and that's that and that can be difficult that can be difficult for sure but it seems like in all of the experiences that you've had in learning how to get better over time that's like the natural growth process and then how you sort of treat that how much of that you actually carry in terms of an emotional way where you're yes. going, look, I, I'm doing the best I can here, but I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to sit here and cry while you tell me how you have to go own two again, because you're playing the same two players as last time. Well, yeah, I mean, I was, yeah, I mean, I remember I had someone come up to me and say, well, I was projected to play this person that, you know, I play, I'll play a lot in like losers round three or whatever. 
like uh, I I was once told that, but the thing was is that they're winners. The problem is that it was like a seven ten seed situation. So the deal is that they were playing somebody who I thought they had a reasonable chance of beating. And if they beat them, they wouldn't have to play that other person. <laughs> so, uh, so it's just a thing where, like, I especially like especially like deep losers. There's only so much that I could control, <laughs> and there's only so much that I can focus on with ninety people. You know, that's just it's, that that's like the downside of larger tournaments. But you have to do them, and you have and you want to do them well for the region because this is the only place where like you could really get all of the top talent, all and, the top talent to go something at once. At what point when you're seeing? state-ranked players, top 100-level players come to a mass madness, do you think to yourself, should I try and fly a top 20 player out, or did you never like that idea? Well, uh, let me let me uh, start by saying first that... So here's the deal, is that if I wanted to do something like that, you know, I would go for something that is... I would be going something that for something that's like on the scale of like a mom or something like that, like mom Memorial, where we had like 160 in singles or something like that or something close to it. Uh, and the thing is, is that with my venue, yes, I can fit 32 setups. But do I want to, you know, do I want to have an event where I'm putting 160 people in a room with the venue I have for a monthly I don't know about that. Other than for like super duper special occasions. You know, like could I? Yes. Is it wise to? I don't know about that. I'm more or less content to just bring the best that the region has together, you know, and if people from like New York, New Jersey want to show up, you know, and, you know, participate in that, I am more than down to to have them. But am I going to be like, am I going to be aggressively, you know, trying to fly people out for this stuff? I would have to increase the venue fee and all that in, in order to pay for such a thing. And I'm not like super keen on doing that. To me, it feels like because you, it, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Go, go on. No, I was saying it, it feels to me like you've already uh, reached a, a level in your experience and how you run the melee madness, sorry, mass madness in particular, that you feel like this is this is about a, as good as it can be. Not that there's no improvements that can be made in the future. It's just that yeah, uh, I, I, I like hearing how you get to a point and you're saying this is this is a good spot. And you know what? I'm I don't feel the need to do anything extra special for the monthlies as they go on unless unless yes. something does come up and it piques my interest but it i wonder if there are certain tos i'm not trying to name any names i'm just saying i wonder if there are certain tos yeah. who are always trying to be innovative and like try to increase hype make the event bigger that sort of thing but i'm i'm liking yeah. your own perspective just because you're saying that that that's fine other people can do that but that's not what i want to do no, it's a thing where, like, uh, this is something that I'm doing for the region, right? I'm not doing this. I I'm not doing this to make it, like, it as huge as possible or whatever. You know, like, I run Blacklisted, so, you know, and Blacklisted's at the same venue. But I'm not trying to, like, I'm not trying to have a Blacklisted, like, every, you know, five, six weeks. You know, that's not really the objective. And, you know, you think about it, right? If I'm capping uh, like around say 96 players or whatever, and I have 32 setups, that's a pretty good player experience, I would like to think. Right. There's a there's a, at least it feels like that that's what I hear a lot about super majors are like, yep, forget finding a friendly setup. You could just forget it. But if yes. you keep it to a certain amount of players and therefore people that there are enough setups to go around more or less because you're not just going to be playing set like set after set constantly. You'll take breaks, all that fun stuff. So yes. yeah, that sounds great. And I guess another part of the way that I'm trying to understand how you like to run events is, do you feel like your personality is given to 
being in more in running an event sort of a deal? Have you heard people say to you, Tom, you're you're just the right kind of person to be in that management role, in that TO role, and that's something that you're really good at. Do you feel like that's something that you had to learn how to do, or did you feel like it fit naturally it, from the experience. start? It's experience. Like the, there's a thing where like, I have seen so many different things go wrong at so many different tournaments, some of which were mine. But here's the thing is that it's not until you're put into that position that you like gain a better understanding of like how to deal with that. Right. And, you know, I've gotten plenty of compliments from people and all that stuff. And, you know, I appreciate them, you know, for sure. But, you know, this is something that I'm doing for the region. This is something that I, this is something that, you know, at least for a lot of new, newer players, right? You know, I'll give you an example. So back in like 2016 or whatever, like, I, I think the Boston Weekly was averaging almost 80 players a week. It was, it was crazy. You know, that, that was just like a different, that was a different time. And, you know, a lot of the newer players now, you know, they don't, they don't see they don't see that same like like level of event very often in terms of like scale but you know with M with mm i can at least give them something that something that is you know around that some something that's roughly equivalent to what i had in a past time you know and you know i'm happy to be able to provide that to people cuz Here's the thing is that you don't get 95 people to a tournament on accident. That does not happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> that does not. I'm telling you, that just does not happen. Like you need there, there's so many, so many things that you need to do in order to to set it up properly and all this stuff. And I only really learned like how to how to make that happen, like in late 2019, early 2020. But. You know, now that I have this knowledge, now that I have this knowledge, I can just be like, well, I know how to, I know how to do this. I know how to set this up. I know, uh, I know what people want and all that stuff. And I know how to, to essentially get all the wheels to line up, right? But that's, a, this is a thing that I've gained with, with experience. It wasn't something that, you know, was like taught to me or anything like that. And it didn't necessarily feel super natural at first. Like, sorry, that's actually a word. It didn't necessarily feel like a comfortable fit, but you grew into that and it became easier to you as you learned how to be better, faster at it. Yeah, I mean, like, here's the thing is that I was not the, I was the organizer, the head organizers for Malian at Smash Grounds in 2016. But beyond that, I was not like the head of the big monthlies. I was not running the Boston Weekly. There were other people that were handling it at that time. So, you know, it, it was just like a different era or whatever. But like I said, between between like pretty much all big blue esports, like leaving the region and all that, between uh, Patty stepping down from doing stuff um, because he was he went off to Colorado, you know, and between a few others that you know called it a day doing events it's just like well i'm what's left so you know i might as well might as well embrace it and you know try to get good at this shit and people tell me i do a good job so i'm not gonna i'm not going to sit here and say that i'm perfect but you know i definitely get my fair share of compliments and i don't mind that at all <laughs> oh of course not just think about this patty went to Colorado just to live in Matt.Zev's yeah. closet. What a shame. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, the two of them, like, they, you know, they did great stuff for New England Melee, you know, in a pastime, right? But, you know, here's the thing, is that if you're expecting, you know, the cavalry to come in, riding in, you know, like that's not going to happen. People don't just become organizers overnight. You know, there there's even, you know, certain people who've expressed to me who are like helping manage, manage the Boston Weekly before the pandemic. You know, there's some of them who've expressed to me that they don't want to keep doing events in a post pandemic world. So 
I'm curious to see how that's going to affect things. Not not just for for their cases, obviously, but like just overall. Like there's probably gonna be a lot of organizers who like maybe they won't have that same passion. Maybe they won't have that same passion or like, you know, maybe they just don't care about the game as much as they used to and all that. And there's nothing wrong with that. And just want to make that absolutely clear like like people come in people leave people move on you know and that's fine you know the big thing that you know when it comes to players who are on their way out you know i don't for those people i don't really i don't actively encourage them to try to go to stuff anymore because you know what you know different people have different points in life that they're at and you know sometimes at some point, Melee is going to be in the past for all, for everyone, or mostly in the past for everyone. Like that's it. That's and that's not something to like be sad about or frustrated about or whatever. Especially like, you know, if they were like one of your one of the best people at one of your tournaments, or if they were like you know one of the top players or what have you. But. You know, it's just a thing that you kind of have to accept and kind of roll with, uh, just roll with the people that, you know, want to be there. That's the number one biggest thing is that I, the people who are there, I want to, I want to want to be there. If that makes sense. Yeah, because getting there is, is at least half of the battle <laughs> because there's yeah. a lot of other things in life and it is just a video yes. game at the end of the day, like you were saying, and eventually. Yes. In all things, it all it all passes. You know, Rome didn't stand yes. forever as an empire, and and so on and so on. So, yeah. to enjoy it with the people who want to enjoy it, maybe they're not as great as the person you came up watching and going, "Wow, such a great Falco" or whatever. But there can be there can be something new to appreciate as players come and players go. And yes. about the top yes. eight experience, or at least from the mm perspective would yes. you always try to go for like a little bit of a special flair for it or all best of five sets like how did you make it different from the rest of bracket or did you just say hey look we're just going to keep it well, moving here well it's a thing where like at least to me at least to me uh so at least the last couple mass madnesses that i was doing it was it was best of five from start to finish for the whole bracket Ooh. Like start to finish. Wow. Yes. Yes. That was what I was doing. And we got that done in probably like six hours from the start of singles, five and a half. Jeez. You were some, you were schmoving some, on the bracket. I I mean, here's the thing, is that like I understand it monthly is when you really, really want to prove yourself, right? Against like the best players. I understand like what means to compete in an environment like that. And I understand that, you know, people like it, like a two at three, a two at three doesn't, it doesn't feel quite as good when you win, but when you beat somebody in a three out of five, that's some good stuff. That's some good stuff. And, you know, being able to extend that to every single person that is playing in singles you know, I've definitely had people that, you know, have told me that they like that. So that's a policy that we've been going by for a good while. But then with, with top eight, would that be the part that yeah. since it, you, you were able it's to It's not a show. It's not a show. It's not it's it's not it's not a show. I mean here's the thing, is that like we dim the lights uh, that aren't on the stage, you know, and all that stuff and like we, we get people up there and you know, essentially, I usually just put top six up there. But the thing is, is that, like, I don't have any hype videos or, you know, anything like that, you know, to get people excited. I am more of just an operations guy. You know, I want to make sure that the shit gets done on time or at least as on time as I can make it. And like I said, if singles takes five and a half to six hours, then you're going to need to be. You're going to need to be going. You're going to need to be going at good speed. 
So when an insane combo happens and everybody who's still there at the venue is freaking out, you're just in the corner like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay, keep it moving, keep it moving. Or what mm-hmm. What are you doing I, I in that might, moment? I, I'm, I mean, I have a little smirk. Whatever. <laughs> I, don't know, I see, see something nuts. But the thing is, is that like it's – here's the thing is that that's also like – it's also not something that happens super-duper often in tournament because people play worse in tournament than they do in friendlies. It's just – that's just a net, the natural reality of playing in a pressure-packed environment. Some people really thrive in it. Some people love that pressure. But a lot of people, when they're put in that position, they're aware of the stakes, right? They're aware this is bracket, and they start to get, and they get like uh, they get tensed up, they get nervous, right? And you know, maybe instead of going for something crazy, they go for you know something that's a little more conventional that they're more sure will work, you know. Like they can pull and, it off because yeah. they don't think they can play the A game. They're just relying on B game or C game kind of stuff because they're yeah. nervous and it's pressure. Yeah, and also too, like in general, I when it comes to like selecting stream matches, I like to put players at least, especially in the early rounds, I like to put players against each other that are like reasonably evenly matched. I don't like. I wouldn't put you know the one seed versus like the sixty four seed. Or whatever uh, on there, just because it's like there isn't really a ton that there isn't really a ton that the, that like an audience would get from watching one player just like wreck another when it's like close and like both the players are acknowledged to be pretty competent, pretty good. You know that that's when it's the most entertaining when it goes to game five. You know. When it goes to game five and like you've got these two players from like these different states that like almost never play, right? You get them in there and you know, whatever happens, happens, right? So were you running the stream as well in this whole process? Like start to finish, yes. there's there's a stream setup yes. and everything? Yes. The TO desk and the stream setup are the same. Now, the big thing is that beforehand I I make sure that, like, I have a list of commentators for, like, specific time slots. Like, like I talk with them beforehand. I make sure that they're in there and all that stuff. And, you know, I go in and, and obviously everybody has a job to do and all that. But, you know, getting to, getting to see all of it, like, pay off, it, it makes it all worth it. Absolutely. So... It seems like you would just, you know, t- shoot someone straight in almost every instance. When somebody comes up to you and is like, "Yo, I want to commentate," and you're like, "Okay, okay," like what would you well, say? Well, to- I, well, I post in New England Mailer repeatedly. I say, "Look, guys, if you want to commentate, fill out this form. Fill out this form if you want to do that, and I will try to get you in somewhere, depending on the availability, right? Because, I mean, if you think about it, right? Let's see." What was the schedule for my last my last Mass Madness, which was number thirty-two? So this was this was February twenty-second, two thousand twenty. Uh, yeah. So doubles, yeah, doubles is a two singles. Stops close at four start five. So like, if you go from two to eleven, which is when the venue closes, and when the tournament would be expected to end. If you if you look at it like that, right? That's nine hours, or roughly nine hours of stream time, all told. So you know you can find you can find slots for people within nine hours. The big thing is that like you just have to make it so pe- that people's blocks, like their commentary blocks, aren't too short or too long. If they're too long, people get worn out. If too short, people will say they didn't that they, they wanted to commentate more stuff, right? So, you know, there's a nice, I guess, middle ground that you have to sort of manage. And especially, too, with, like, you know, like, some people, some people only come to, like, you know, commentate or whatever, you know, what have you. And if they're only coming to commentate, then, you know, I want to take care of them, you know? That's because interesting. If that's that all you've... they're there to do, then, yeah, go on. No, it's it's interesting that you're you you've known people to come who are saying, yeah, I, I filled out the form, so you know me and the block, and I'm actually only here to commentate. Like I'm not trying to be in either of the brackets. Yeah, 
That is interesting. I, I'm, I'm assuming, of course, that it's like they view it as an opportunity to get into other things or maybe perhaps to move up in the melee sphere of commentary. But that it, that is interesting that there's there's a lot of things happening at a at a tournament, but that there's a select few of people who are like, yep, not competing, just commentary, baby. Uh, that is interesting. Yeah, just a, a couple, a couple, not a ton. No, yeah, I yeah, mean, small with- group, small group. Yeah, with yeah, with mass madness, like most of the people, like when they're going there, it's fucking business time, man. It's business time. They they are there and they want to win. You know, Do like you... like monthlies. People, you gotta understand, people are not messing around with the this stuff whatsoever. Go on. But especially, yeah, you like you're saying for the people that have to travel like from Vermont, three and a half, four hours away, like they're taking this very seriously because it's already a big time sink for them. I was gonna ask, yes. um, has there been a player or I'm okay? It's easy to say Massachusetts because that's where the tournament is based. So, is there a player yes. that you know of who, off the top of your head, you're going, yep, top eight easily every time, or top three every time, or or has won the most of the MMs? I mean. I mean, if you're in the top 100, right, like, like I would be surprised if you weren't in top eight at, at Mass Madness. If you're in the top 100, I mean, let's see. So, so let's see this MM32. So, let's see. So, the last Mass Madness that we had, let's see. How many top 100 players did we have? Let me count. So all told, there were, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, there were five top hundred players in bracket. Uh, the last time, the last time that we had one of these tournaments, uh, back in uh, February twenty twenty. Those those people, I would always expect. You know, like, you know, Lint, Calvar, Joy Boy. Socks, obviously, you know, two saint when he shows up, uh, big kid, AK late. And he's also pretty good, you know, like the, like when those people show up, you know, I would expect them to top eight. There's also some other people who are pretty good that I would expect to do, to do well, but not, but like, don't have that level of recognition yet. You know, Dr. Lobster, you know, Palika, you know, to name a couple. Um, but yeah, those are like some of the people that I look out for, you know, bracket. Typically, MMs usually go to seeding for the most part. There, it, it, there have been a couple instances where, where it hasn't, where there's been like some pretty significant upset that's occurred, but it isn't like super duper, like, it, it isn't something that happens super often because melee in general is a game that you don't see a ton of upsets. The, like the the game is very very skill intensive, especially if it's all best of five, uh, because you know yes. upsets would easily happen more often. I feel in a best of three, yes. but with best of five all the way through, like that that yeah. the cream really rises to the top. Yes. Now, like I've had some I've had some crazy stuff happen at MMs. I remember I uh, was it. I remember when uh, Glock and my Toyota, you know, beat Slocks. Um. I remember when uh, Swiftbase, aka Peacecraft, aka Famragate, aka whatever his next tag will be next. <laughs> uh, I remember when he. I remember when he beat Calvar and wears files of a pool. Like, you know, it, there's there's been some upsets, but as you say, because of the all best of five, it doesn't happen as often. And and the better player very very often will win. Very, very often. Not always, but it's pretty damn consistent, I would say. Do you have a favorite player that you like to watch, either at an MM or on stream, otherwise nationally, internationally? I mean, well, I can't really say that I have one particular. I just have, like, here's the thing, is that when, like, I have people... You know, that have been coming to my terms, that have been grinding Mass Madness repeatedly. 
I want to see them go to a national, you know, I want to see a payoff for them. You know, I just want to see that all of this stuff that we've been doing just amounted to something. You know, on the biggest stage that our game has. And, you know, I don't pop off for sets anymore. Or I or if or if I do, it's like pretty rare. You know, one of the few times one of the few times I did pop off uh for a set was when uh George Boy beat a Swedish at Genesis a while back. That that one that one I was just like I'm I'm I was happy to see that it all came together for him. Uh, yeah, that's, all a, that's these... a good win for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, top that... six at some point. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's just a thing where like you know I want to give people the opportunities like the best opportunities I possibly can to play the best players, right? I want to give them that and. You know, and if people are able to take these opportunities and, you know, really make something of it, I could think of fewer things that would make me happier. So you're always rooting for the, uh, the like, the the New England player playing against any other region player at these big, like, the big house or Genesis and Gommel, all y that kind of stuff. Yeah, not to say I hate our region players or whatever. Definitely not. I know a handful of them. Got a few friends that are outside the region for sure, but I think like I think just in general that you know you want to see you want to see all of the all the time all of the effort and all the shit that you know the players have put in and that you and that you've put in to give them these opportunities to play the best players. You want to see it come to fruition, and when it does, it's really satisfying. It's really nice. We're getting close to an hour here, so to respect your time, I'll leave you with one last question of related to the rest of the year of 2021 for Melee. And we've talked about it a little bit, yes. but just to get your last perspective on it and also to tell the people where they can find you if you want to do that as well. Yeah, well, I mean, we've had, I mean, we were talking about this earlier where, you know, there there's definitely been cases where there's been, uh, was a controversy, you know, or drama or what have you around certain people. My thing, I guess I'll quickly touch on that before, before we close up. Um, the big thing that, that I would like to convey to a lot of people, because I've been on both sides of that, is that you have to, that above all else, you have to respect people's privacy and that not everyone is entitled to know everything. Not everyone is entitled to know everything. And like I, whenever some, like some, something comes up like some like serious, like personal matter or whatever, or like something that's like hugely controversial that involves people's personal lives, whenever that happens, don't assume that you know anything. Uh, because, uh, because like information like that is kept, information like that is kept from the public for a reason. And the average person is not entitled to know everything that decision makers are. You can take my word for it. You know, I've been on, I've been on both sides of that, of that fence. It's definitely no fun. Um, now to, now to get back to, uh, to get back to what we were saying, um, uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at gtown underscore Tom. I don't tweet as often as I used to. Um, I don't tweet as often as I used to, mostly because there isn't there aren't tournaments that I'm running, you know, happening. But you know, and hopefully, hopefully, two months time, they'll all be changing. They'll all be changing and things will be looking a good bit better. Um, and I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what uh, seeing what these tournaments bring. You know when when uh, when they're when it's time for them to come back. And I'm going to do my best to make sure that they're done in like a reasonably safe manner, given the venues that we have, because I know how badly people want this stuff. I know how much it pains them to have to miss this miss this for like what has it been like almost fourteen months now. 
you know, and I get people telling me all the time how much how much it means to them, and you know, how, and how they want it all back. But I'm not going to rush it, and I'm not going to rush it, and I only intend to do it in a manner that is safe, and a manner that is safe and reasonable for everybody involved. And I oh, yeah. really appreciate the time that you've that you've given for this interview. I think that you've offered a lot of a lot of good perspectives on the matter of of TO. Not that like you can't even like uh, touch on everything and talk about everything about like the how the sausage is made and what have you. But yeah. hearing the the one thing that comes through is how much you care. I, I've really appreciated hearing that perspective from you. Well, it's a thing where. When you put some, when you put like a huge chunk of what is it now seven years into something, <laughs> yep, you know that it, you know that changes you, uh, that changes you now. Like sometimes it might, sometimes you know because obviously life happens, you know, pen the pandemic's taking us away from all of it. Like will it like wear on you know your passion a little bit yeah i mean i'm not going to say that it doesn't you know after you've been doing you know the same thing for a really long time but i think anybody can become a to if they have the will the will and the desire to learn how to and above all else if they if they care <laughs> that that's the most important thing that's the most important thing that they that needs needs to happen as long if you like if you're wanting to put in the time and effort into doing something into doing into doing something right people will respect you for it and they will follow you you know it, it toing is a leadership role whether you like it or not so you know you have to embrace everything that comes with it and while parts of it haven't been so glamorous i've been down to do that to make sure that everything works out well for the region and for everybody that comes to my tournaments. Love it. Tom, thank you so much for joining me on Bottom of the Smash Mountain. Yeah, same. Uh, it's been uh, it's been great. Uh, I hope that you and everybody who's listening to this take care and that, you know, we all, you know, get back to tournaments and enjoy and start enjoying them. Maybe not exactly like we used to, but something like it. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. In case you were wondering, no, this is not the person who has yet to return the audio file of their side of the interview we did to me. G-Town would never do that. <laughs> uh, that'd be too much fun with kind of teasing the fact that I recorded an interview with somebody and they haven't gotten it back to me, but that's okay. It really is okay. I'm having fun. So you should be having fun as well. Thank you so much for listening to another interview. And I love talking to TOs. And I think that Tom sort of gave me the impression of like a Bill Belichick, for those of you who don't know, is a head coach in the National Football League, actually of the New England Patriots. So I wonder if Tom's a fan. But anyway, Bill Belichick is sort of short and to the point, And that's not who Tom is. I thought that might have been Tom at the start, but such a beautiful mind for Melee and making it as awesome as possible, making mass madness as awesome as possible. The concept of a monthly where people drive from all over New England to compete in all best of five sets, taking it super serious, and this is like the best possible practice pre-COVID and hopefully at some point post-COVID. It's the best possible practice for all the New England players to show up, feel that pressure, and feel that regional level monthly of 90 or so people, all that kind of stuff. Now, of course, with COVID, it probably won't be 90 to start. <laughs> so go follow Tom on Twitter. That's link of that is below in the description of this podcast episode so that you can get updates about what he'll be doing with the tournament series that he runs it's not just mass madness it's also a few other things so pay attention to the details and try to follow along and please 
Tom has worked for a very long time on this kind of stuff, and he's not going to just start off by saying, hey, is it good to go? All right, cool. Let's have everybody in New England show up. No, that's not going to be the first move, okay? It's probably not going to look exactly like a big get-together party the first time that it's possible to do stuff like that. It's probably probably going to start off a little bit slower and in order to know this for sure really you should go follow tom on twitter description of this podcast episode okay so before we get going what else do i have to offer for today i guess there's like a few things that i have my mind on a little bit related to melee and smash as a whole there has been some drama this week but i don't know if i'm in the right mental space right now to talk about it in podcast form so I might just kick a field goal on it and wait until a little bit later. It has also been a long work week for me. Normally, I don't work Fridays, so that's the goal, but I did work today. I work Monday through Thursday normally, and those are typically 10 to 12-hour days. So I do get up to 40 hours pretty easily just in four days. So working an extra 10-ish hours today was like, whew, I'm tired and I'm ready to call it a day. But I'm also excited very excited about talking more about melee having tom on was a blast we talked afterwards as well great person so that all to say i'm not ready to talk about the drama and nor do i really want to talk about about it a lot anyway if i do when i do get around to it the best thing i can say is that there is a great video made by the cheat actually i'll link the video the youtube video in the description of this podcast episode that you should watch if you want to get up to date on the drama stuff just watch the cheats video on it it's a great video to concisely deliver information and also talk about how the community should ought to or at least in his opinion and my opinion is probably aligned with the cheats overall and I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that you can't always 100% agree with 100% of the people 100% of the time. I'm sure that the cheat and I like different things on our pizzas, but in this particular topic, I think we're pretty close to having the same opinion. All that to say, watch the video as well after you follow Tom on Twitter. So <laughs> the, both of those will be in the description of this, here, of this here podcast episode. Until the next time, I'll catch you later or we'll catch up late as okay good night